so glad he's only got one argument because he only needs one argument. And that argument is the blood of Christ. How many ready to go tell it on the mountain? Amen. And Jesus Christ is born. Amen. 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 Good morning to each of you again. To Bishop Darrell B. Starnes, Sr., to his lovely missionary supervisor, Sister Camille Starnes, and to the officers and family and friends of the great churches, Wesley Amazon Church and the St. Mark Church family, amen. amen. Now, I, don't, I don't have a honey bun, but <laughs> amen. To my lovely wife, amen. I'm grateful, amen. amen. I don't know why, but every time this time of year, she began to work me like a, <laughs> uh, what's that oxymoron I said, like a runaway slave. <laughs> amen, amen. To God be the glory, amen, amen. Uh, if you turn your attention once again to the book of Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And I want to lift up the 13th verse. And we will begin an Advent series today called Christmas Is. Christmas Is. Amen. Romans chapter 15. 15 verse 13 if you have it say amen. amen and at 13th verse it reads I pray that God the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to share this morning from the subject of Christmas is hope. Christmas is hope. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we come now into your presence and we ask, Father, that in all of your glory and all of your power, that you would anoint this vessel afresh that you would use me, Father, for your will and for your glory. Pour out your spirit on today, O oh God, and let this vessel be in position to receive. We ask now, God, that you would move me aside and let your preacher come. And I pray, Father, that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Christmas is hope. Christmas is indeed a season of hope. Uh, it's a season where hope is in the air. The atmosphere around us is filled with hope. The Old Testament is a compilation of books dealing with hope of a nation. The nation of Israel, the hope that they had for a coming savior, the hope that they had that God would relieve them of the things that they were going through. And the object of faith is presented in 
Genesis 3.15, this is a reference to God's plan of redemption for humanity. And throughout the rest of the Old Testament, you'll see that this is a common theme of hope. Paul explains our hope in the book of Romans and how it is offered and secured through Jesus Christ. Faith and hope, some might say, are the same thing. But they are not. The answer is no, they're not the same thing. Faith and hope are two different things. Faith and hope are different yet related. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13 shows us the distinction. It says, now there are three that remain, faith, hope, and love. Notice how faith and hope are listed separately. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction or the evidence of things unseen. Faith is trust incompletely in something. When we understand that faith and hope are two different things, when we put our trust in something, we're showing faith. Our faith is put in the substitutionary death and the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is the source of our salvation and the object of our faith. Hope is a confident expectation that God will do what he has said. So when we think about hope, we understand that it's a confident expectation. It's an expectation that God will do exactly what he said he would do. Faith and hope complement each other. Faith is grounded in the reality of the past while hope is looking to the reality of the future. Advent reminds us of the hope that we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Advent reminds us of the hope that we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. The first thing that we need to see out of our text that hope gives us is hope in the person of Christ. We have hope in the person of Christ. In the text, Paul begins this 13th verse, and it's a prayer that he's praying. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope. God is the author of our hope through his son, Jesus Christ. God is the reason that we can have this expectation. He's not just an expectation, but it's a confident expectation that we should have because God is the author of our hope and it comes in the person of Jesus Christ see Christ is the foundation of our hope without Christ we don't have any hope hallelujah without Christ we don't have the foundation that we need to have hope our hope is laid in the foundation of who Jesus is Yes, the fact that he is the son of God, the fact that he is the chief cornerstone, the one who holds it all together. He is the foundation of our faith and he's the foundation of our hope. You see, faith in the person of Christ leads us to hope in Christ. When I put my faith in Christ and I realize that he is my savior, and then it leads me to have the hope that I need to have in Christ. The expectation that Christ is going to fulfill all that God has sent him to fulfill. And as a result of that, I experience all that is supposed to come to me because of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. 
Christ is the builder of our hope. He's the one who has built up the hope that we should have. We can't have confident expectation in Christ because of who, or we can have a confident expectation in Christ because of who he is. He is the son of God. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and the morning star. He is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. It was the person of Christ that came to do that for us. It is the person of Christ who came in the flesh to be our ransom. It is the person of Christ who came to pay our sin debt. If it had not been for the person of Christ coming into our life, we don't have a chance. But praise be to God, the person of Christ came into this world and he has began to give us all that God has promised unto us. But also I understand that Christ is the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Yes, faith is important. And yes, hope comes as a result of faith as an expectation that I have that Christ will finish the work that's been started in me. And it starts in me because of Christ, but it says he is the author, he's also the finisher of our faith. You see, he will be the perfect, or he will perfect our faith. We are waiting in expectation for what we shall be. He said he would perfect us. He would be our perfection. And if we're waiting in expectation for that day to come when we shall be all that God has desired and designed us to be. But that only happens in the person of Christ. And it only happens because of the person of Christ. It doesn't happen because of any other reason. It has only happened because of who Christ is. He ran the race to finish it so that we could run and finish. Hallelujah. He's already ran his course. He's already ran his race. And he's already finished and come out victorious. But what that tells me is I also got a hope and an expectation that I'll finish my course. That I'll finish the race that he started with me. Everybody's got to run their own race. Now the time for you to finish may be different from the time for me to finish. But we all with the hope and expectation that Christ will get us to the finish line. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that will help us to get to the finish line. That we one day will stand before God and he'll say, well done, thy good good and faithful servant. Come on in. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. But it only happens because of the person of Christ who has ran the race before us and made it possible that we can also run the race that God has given us. But hope is a tool that also will help us to complete the race. You see, every day is a challenge for us. Every day doesn't come with rainbows and sunshine. Every day doesn't come with rain, uh, puppy dog tails and, and cute pictures and Every day doesn't come sunny, but we've got to understand that it's the hope that gets us from day to day. Yeah. I have an expectation that God is going to make things better on tomorrow, so I let that hope drive me forward. I have an expectation that God is going to get me through whatever troubles and trials that I'm facing, so I get forward with hope and help me to get to that place of expectation that God has already ordained for us. And when I get to that place of hope in me, and when I get begin to share the hope that I have, Paul said like this, he said, be able to give an answer for that hope that lies within you. Why do you have that expectation, John? Because my God is good. 
Why do you have that expectation, John? Because he's never failed yeah. on a promise. Why do you have that expectation, John? Because God told me that he would see me through to the end, that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And because of that, I have an expectation to make it to the end. Because of that, I have an expectation that he will finish the work that he started in me. Because I have an expectation, I have a hope. And when I come to the Advent season, when I come to the Christmas season, it reminds me that I have hope. It reminds me that there is hope. So Christmas is about hope. The Advent season is about hope. The hope that comes through Jesus Christ. The hope that comes through the person of Christ. But not only must we have hope in the person of Christ, we've also got to have hope in the purpose of Christ. When I understand that Christ came into this world for a purpose. Part of that 13th verse says, we'll fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Christ is our salvation. Because Jesus is our salvation, we should have joy. I didn't say we should be happy, but we should have joy. We should be ecstatic with joy. We should be overflowing with joy because Christ is our salvation. You see, he's our salvation in spite of what's happening around us. He's our salvation in spite of this world that we live in. He's our salvation in spite of the challenges and the difficulties that we experience each and every day. Our faith has been put in Christ and he will fulfill the purpose for which he came. That's why we should have joy. You should be joyful every day. I know every day doesn't feel good, but you should be joyful every day because you're saved. Hallelujah. Because I'm saved, I ought to have joy every day. Well, Jones, I don't feel saved every day. You should feel saved every day because God completes the work that he starts in us. And if he said he's going to save us, that means he'll do it until the day of redemption, till the day that comes. He'll do it until that day of the Lord. And when he gets to doing the work in us while we're here on earth, that sanctifying work, that grooming work, that growing work, he does it in us until the day of redemption. And when he does it in us, he's making us have that joy that we ought to have. Because I know that God is good to me and I know he's been good to you if you've been saved and you've been walking with the Lord and you're in his glorious family that is a joy that is a privilege that is an honor to be in the family of God to experience the joy of the Lord because he is our salvation Christ made it all possible one of the reasons that he came to this earth is to save humanity I know we think about Christmas and we talk about the gifts and we talk about all that, but we fail to sometimes realize it was the gift that God has given to us that allows us to experience salvation. Jesus didn't come just so you could see a baby in the manger. Jesus didn't come just so we could have a day of celebration, but he came for one distinct purpose. To redeem humanity, to bring back the humanity into God and connect them back together again. That was his sole purpose of coming into this world. He came that he might die for the sins of mankind. And when we understand that, that is the true essence of what Advent is all about. God sending us a savior into this world because we couldn't save ourselves. 
I don't know about you. Maybe you've tried and, and maybe you have been a little more successful than I have in saving yourself. But, but I doubt it. But, but I know that it took a savior. It took somebody named Jesus to come and be my salvation. And because he decided to come into this world and be my salvation, I've got joy. And the type of joy that, that you can't take it away. Hey Amen. I've been watching a lot of Beverly Hillbillies lately. And, you know, Granny got that joy juice. Hey Amen. But it, it's something that happened on the outside that she had to get inside of her. But Jesus got something better than joy juice. He just got joy. Amen. You ain't got to worry about the effects of it. You ain't got to worry about the aftermath of it. Just know that when you've been saved, God gives you that joy. That joy that nobody can take away. You know, it said, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Your salvation is the same way. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. It's only given by God, and it's only given because of the purpose of Jesus Christ. But not only is Christ our salvation, Christ is our Deliverer from sin and death. Christ's purpose was to deliver humanity from sin and death. No man could deliver you from sin and death. Only God can do that. And he did that in his son Jesus Christ by sending him to this world. He did that in his son Jesus Christ by sending him to pay the sin debt for humanity. When Jesus paid the sin debt for humanity, guess what he also did? He went to the grave. And because he went to the grave, he did something there. He conquered this thing called death. Hallelujah. And because he conquered death, that gives us a glorious hope that when we are resurrected along with him, when we are raised from the dead on that glorious getting up morning, when we are resurrected and gone into glory, our bodies will be resurrected to meet our spirits again. And we'll have that glorious body just like Jesus Christ did. And it all happens because God sent his only begotten son to deliver us from sin and from death. And it gives us that peace with God. When you get saved, you, you gain a peace that you never had. The peace of God. And nobody can give you that. Because outside of God you don't have peace. I don't care how good you think you had life. I don't care how good you thought life was for you. If you did not have Christ. You did not have peace with God. You may have had peace with your brothers or your sisters. But you did not have peace with God. And I think what happens sometimes is. When we finally get peace with God. Then we realize we didn't really have peace with our brothers or sisters. Hallelujah. That's why so many times we, we catch it when we get saved. Because we didn't really have peace. We were just a bunch of unpeaceful people that existed together. But once you found peace with God and, and you now are right relationship with God and you experiencing that peace with God, you understand that Christ is the vehicle which we receive the peace with God. He is the vehicle that God used to bring peace in between us and him. We are, he is that bridge between us and God. He made a way between us and God. And because Christ did that, he blessed us greatly. And we now have peace with God the Father. We're no longer enemies with God, but we are part of God's family. We are part of the redeemed. We are part of the holy. We are part of the righteous. We are a part of those who have declared that God is my Lord and my master. That God is my savior. But Christ is also our hope of eternity. You see, when I have hope, I've got an expectation that God has told me that as Jesus told his disciples, he said, you know, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And where I go, there you may be also. But guess what? That means that we can be there too. 
that we have a glorious place prepared for us, that we have a glorious destination prepared for us, and it's all prepared because of Jesus Christ. So therefore, I have the hope of eternity. Do you expect to get to that place that God has called you to? Do you have an expectation that all things will end well and that all things will work out the way that God said they would? Do you have that expectation? If you got that expectation, then you got a hope. You understand that the Advent season has brought hope into your life. A Christmas season has brought hope into your life because you know that you've now got the hope of eternity, that you'll be in the presence of God, that you'll be there with the Father, that you don't have to worry about going through this wretched world anymore, and you don't have to worry about sin and death anymore because you'll be in the presence of God. He's promised us a glorious future and a promised us a glorious hope. All we got to do is have that hope and keep having an expectation that God will do exactly what he said he would do. But not only do we have the hope in the person of Christ and the hope in the purpose of Christ, we've also got to understand that we've got to have hope in the position of Christ. Yes, hope in the position of Christ. When I understand that Christ has been given for a purpose, but also to understand that he holds and has a position. Notice what the rest of that verse says, Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. While Christ was here on earth, he did the work that God has sent him to do. He went about sharing the goodness of God. He went about healing those who would come and, and have faith to be healed. But as he began to leave, he began to tell his disciples that I've got to go away. Yes, sir. And he told them that I've got to go away so that the comforter may come. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And he understood that when the comforter comes, it's going to be of great help to us. Because he's going to use the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to position us in Christ. Hallelujah. When we get saved, we are positioned in Christ Jesus. But we receive that Holy Spirit. We receive the, the power of the Holy Spirit to help us along in this world. And it keeps us positioned with Christ. You see, because he has been positioned with the Father, we are positioned with him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he's positioned with the Father, that means I'm positioned with the Father. Because I am in Christ and Christ is in me. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. And you've been positioned with the Father. Don't you know that he says when you are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus? Hallelujah. That means that you are getting what he gets. You're heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. That means that we are part of the God's family. We're part of God's elect. And because of that, we're receiving what our big brother receives. Hallelujah. Because he has been positioned with the father. And because he is positioned as the son we are joint heirs with Christ. Our hope and expectation is to be treated like the children of God, like a true child of God, because I've been positioned with Christ Jesus as an heir. I've been positioned with Christ Jesus as a joint heir. And because he has been positioned as the victorious king, we have been positioned as mighty conquerors through Jesus Christ. That's good news for somebody. Because somebody's been living a life of defeat. Somebody's been living a life on the downside. But because you have come into a relationship with Christ Jesus, he's more than a conqueror. 
He is a king, a victorious king. And because he's a victorious king, and because I've been positioned in him, that makes me more than a conqueror. That makes me positioned with the true king. And because I'm positioned with the true king, I am victorious because he is victorious. If he's victorious, then I'm victorious. And then I should walk in victory and not failure. I should walk in victory and not defeat. I should walk in victory and I should walk with my head held high because I am in the victory of Christ Jesus. Because I've been positioned with him and because he's been positioned in the Father who wins every battle. He's positioned with the Father who is victorious over all foes. He is positioned with the Father and because of that we are positioned with him. And because he has been positioned as an intercessor, we are positioned as the blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because I've got somebody interceding on my behalf. He sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. You see, once he came into the world and he became the person of Christ. He then went on to fulfill the purpose of Christ. And then as he fulfilled the purpose of Christ, he was then positioned at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And because he was positioned at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, it said he became an intercessor. Yes, he became an intercessor on my behalf and an intercessor on your behalf. He sits and argues our case before the Lord. Anytime the enemy tries to accuse you, you know the one that they call the accuser of the brethren. The brethren, that's you. That's me. But there's an accuser called the devil who tries to accuse us before God Almighty. And it doesn't work because we got the best lawyer that there is. We've got the best lawyer this side of heaven. And he can stand up and say, Your Honor, that is not the case. This been covered under the blood. You see, he's only got one argument. And that argument never fails. And that argument is, it's covered under the blood. The devil might come and say, well, Your Honor, he's a liar. He's a thief and a murderer. Your Honor, it's covered under the blood. He's been an adulterer. He's been a fornicator. It's covered under the blood. I'm so glad he's only got one argument because he only needs one argument. And that argument is the blood of Christ. The blood that takes away my sin. The blood that covers me from day to day. The blood that makes me right and whole. The blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross at Calvary. And because he makes me righteous, because he's the intercessor for my soul. He's the one who's been in touch with all of my infirmities. Hallelujah. Every infirmity we've ever had, he's in touch with you. He knows what you're going through. He, he knows what you're dealing with. And he, he knows because he's been there himself. And he got in touch with our infirmities so he could help us and show us the way. He could give us the comfort in the midst of it all. What better way to have a savior than that? And because he's positioned as the sacrificial lamb of God. He was positioned under the sacrificing and cleansing blood. And because of that, we've been positioned under that sacrifice and cleansing blood. Don't you know that when he hung on the cross at Calvary and it said they stretched him out wide and they began to give up the ghost and it said the soldier came and pierced him in his side. Blood and water came streaming down. Well, that don't mean too much, Jones. Blood and water come out of all of us. No, 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 no. You're missing it. Blood and water came streaming down. 
that cleansing blood, that, that cleansing water, it is what cleanses us. When Christ shed his blood on the cross at Calvary, that was our cleansing moment. That was our cleansing opportunity. And everyone who puts faith in him is cleansed. Everyone who trusts him for salvation is cleansed. By that same blood that was shed over 2,000 years ago. By that same blood that was shed on the cross at Calvary. He was the once and for all sacrifice for all of humanity. There's no need for another sacrifice. There's no need to go back and do the sacrificial system all over again. There was only need for one sacrifice and that was the one who came in the person of Christ that was one who came for the purpose of Christ that was the one who came in the position of Christ to be that sacrificial lamb that takes away the sins of the world and he did exactly what he was called to do and because of that we have been positioned under the blood of Christ hallelujah next time somebody try to challenge say it's under the blood some of you already got that down when people try to bring up your past it's under the blood Oh, you can talk about me all you want to. It's under the blood. You used to do some shady stuff. It's under the blood. You used to lie a lot. It's under the blood. You didn't know how to act right. It's under the blood. You was an adulterer and a cheater left and right. It's under the blood. You couldn't keep a straight line. It's under the blood. It's all under the blood of Jesus Christ because I gave my life to him. And because I gave my life to him, I've got hope. And Christmas reminds me of the hope that I have in Christ Jesus. And because it reminds me of the hope that I have in Christ Jesus, I know that God is on my side. And I got an expectation he'll see me through to the end. I know that God loves me. And I got an expectation that he'll love me to the end. I know that God is all that he says he is because he's never made a lie. He's never committed a falsehood. I know that God loves me and I know he'll do exactly what he said he would do. But I just stopped by to let you know that our hope is built in the person of Jesus Christ. Yes, our hope lies in the person of Jesus Christ. And we have hope because of who Christ is. I've got hope because of who Christ is. You've got hope because of who Christ is. Our hope is built in the purpose of Christ. We have hope because of the purpose which God sent him into the world. He sent him to be a savior. Therefore, I've got an expectation to be saved. He sent me into him into the world to be our redemption. And therefore, I've got an expectation that I am redeemed. And because of all of that, I trust in the savior. I trust in the Lord that he will be all that God said he would be. And he told him he would be my confidant in the night. He said he's a prince of peace. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful to God. He is my bridge over troubled water. He is my lawyer in a courtroom. He is all that God has sent him to be. And I'm grateful and thankful for that. Are you grateful and thankful for what God is into your life? Are you grateful and thankful for what the purpose of Christ has done in your life? But our hope is built on the position of Christ too. Yes, the position of Christ. Because he was positioned to be beaten and bruised on for our iniquities, we have been delivered and healed from the power of sin. We've got hope. Yes, we've been healed and delivered from the power of sin. And because of that, I've got hope and you've got hope because he was positioned in an old rugged cross and he gained access to the kingdom of God that day. I've got hope and because he was positioned in a grave and he got up out of that grave and that means that we died with him but we got up a new man. That means that I've got hope and you've got hope. Because he got up out of that grave, it means that we are no longer the same, but we are new all over again. And we've got the promises of rising again for eternity. We've got the promise to rise with a glorious Savior because he rose from the dead. And because he rose, I've got hope. And because he rose, I've got hope. Because he rose, 
you got hope. And because Christmas reminds us that God gave us a glorious Savior in the name of Jesus Christ. And because of that, I've got the hope of Christ. I've got the expectation of Christ. I've got the desire to look forward and not look back. I've got the desire to keep going. And I've got the hope that I'm going to keep running the race until I finish it. I've got the hope that Jesus Christ will bring me through. I've got the hope that Jesus Christ is going to make it all right. No matter what it looks like right now, I've got hope. The next time trouble comes your way, just remind yourself, I've got hope. Christmas here, I've got hope. Christmas is here, I've got hope. And when I think about the Advent season, remember the person of Christ. Remember the purpose of Christ. And remember the position of Christ. And know that you have been purposed with him. You have been positioned with him. And it's in that person that you receive it all. And understand that you've got hope because Christ has come into the world. Christmas is hope. So don't lose your joy. Keep your expectation. Do you remember what it was like when you were a child? And you knew Christmas Day was coming. And you had that expectation. You had that glorious expectation. Remember the joy that you experienced on those young Christmas days. The joy that you felt. The smile that wouldn't leave your faith. And how you enjoyed this ripping paper open, how you enjoy all of the glorious gifts that have come unto you. I'm here to share with you that that same joy can still be experienced. There is a glorious gift that God has given all of us. It's called the gift of grace. And if you open it and access it, you can enjoy the most precious gift that you've ever been given. You can enjoy all of the benefits with coming with it. And guess what? No batteries required. <laughs> it's powered by the Holy Spirit. Is there one who would like to receive this gift on today? The gift of grace. Is there one? Is there one? This is the most precious gift. There's no diamond that could match this. There's no toy that can match this. This is a gift that God has given from generation to generation, from decade to decade. He's given this gift and nobody's been disappointed. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at WesleyOnMain at Yahoo.com. That's WesleyOnMain at Yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.